You're listening to the Garden City Church Podcast. We just want to say thanks so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Garden City is doing, you can go to GardenCityNW.com slash give or click on give in the show notes. Let's dive into this week's message together. It's always good to call my parents and talk. And sometimes when I call my mom, we talk for a bit. And then the conversation will go something like this. She will say, hey, do you remember so-and-so? He was on your third grade soccer team. And I will say, no. And she'll say, well, do you remember his grandma? And I will say, mom, no, I, I haven't lived near you guys for 30 years. And I also don't remember what I did yesterday. So no, I don't remember that kid. And it's not a story to make a point about my mom because we probably all have someone in our life that does that. It, it, it might be your mom too, but my mom thought that was information that I needed to know. She thought I needed to know that. And I'm telling you this because I also had a revelation about that, that I do this too. I love podcasts and documentaries and all things like that. And recently I was listening to a podcast about nuclear fusion and talking to my son about it. And my teenage girls were in the car and I was going on about what I learned and how we were really close to getting a positive energy output from nuclear fusion and blah, blah, blah. And they said, dad, we don't need to know that. No one cares. In my mind, I thought they would need to know that. It's super interesting, but they don't need to know. I was doing the very same thing. This passage in Colossians is something we need to know. It's essential. Paul thought the Colossian church needed to know this. And so he made sure to write them and tell them. So going verse by verse is awesome. And and you can see themes and big picture, not just snapshots. So today we're going to read the verses together. Here's Colossians 1, 15 through 23. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who were once alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body a flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. So a little recap of the last section, verses 13 and 14. 13 said, he has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Kingdom transfer is this amazing idea. This is the gospel message. And Paul is laying out the gospel for the Colossian church and reminding them of what Christ has done for them. He's reminding them of lots of things, but it's focused on these two ideas, kingdom and forgiveness. This is the gospel. And as soon as Paul explains it, he immediately goes into the passage that we're studying today. But why? Something was going on in the Colossian church. Well, 
probably lots of things, but something that was happening that Paul felt like he needed to write to them about. And it seems like from context that the believers on Colossa were adding to the message of the gospel and adding behaviors to the gospel. They may have added specific legalistic rules and rituals or specific behaviors like abstinence and certain rituals. And the next chapters after this even deal specifically with some of them. But Paul felt strongly enough that these were getting in the way and detracting from the truth. So he addresses this head on as the book begins. The whole book is a theme of the supremacy of Christ. And specifically here is the idea that he is over and above all things. And Paul is telling the church that they need to know. And so he is also telling us what we need to know about Jesus as well. Also, this passage is maybe an ancient Near Eastern kind of hymn or poem. It's a specific kind of literature. And there's lots of reading and debate about this. But what we do know is that there's a change in tone and style here. He may be quoting something. This may be some sort of song or poem. And there's lots of debate. But what we do know is that it is set apart in a way so that even more we are supposed to sit up and pay attention to what Paul is saying. I think of it like this, kind of a bold, underlined, italic, highlighted section. Also probably the most specific, complete theological bundle of statements about who Jesus is, all in one place in the scriptures. It's that important. The focus of the whole passage is the preeminence of Christ. And that's the theological term that means something is first, top of the list, over all things. And in our context, that's Jesus. So today let's use the word supremacy instead of preeminence. Jesus is supreme over all things and above all things. This part of the book is Paul giving the Colossians the info they actually need about the supremacy of Christ. So as we look at the individual verses, I would love to spend time on all these sections individually. But honestly, each of them could be their own sermon or even sermon series. However, let's just skim over them and see how they demonstrate supremacy. There's three small sections. Number one, Jesus is supreme over creation. Verses 15 through 17 all point to the truth that Jesus is over all of creation before, during, and after. Paul wants the Colossian church to understand that the worship of Jesus corresponds to his supremacy over all creation. We worship the creator and he is over all and created all. Number two, Jesus is supreme over the church. In verse 18, not only is Jesus head over his physical creation, he is head over his spiritual creation, the church. And Paul is trying to reestablish to the Colossians, and this is such a good application for us as well, that no personal agenda, programs, or special interest groups should overrule the supremacy of Christ in his church. And not only that, but the leadership and headship of Christ should be true for our own hearts and lives. He is the head of the church and his people, and that's us. Number three is that Jesus points us to the Father. So finally, in verses 19 through 23, Christ reveals and reconciles the Father to his people. He's revealing the true Father to us. When we see Jesus, we see that Father. This is going to be more fully explained in chapter 2, so stay tuned. But in verse 20, we can be back in relationship with that Father. So that reconciliation, remember this from all the way back in verse 13, can only happen through the work of Jesus. He is the supreme reconciler, bringing all things, verses 20 and 22, to himself. Even when we were hostile and literally doing evil things, he brought us and continues to bring us to himself. Not because we do anything to deserve it, but because of his goodness. What what a message. The good news, hostile, evil people reconciled to God through Jesus. Not because we earn anything, because we can't but because of the supremacy of Christ. And we just say, hallelujah, that's the gospel. 
Only Christ, who is supreme over all, can do that. And we need to know this. And so do our neighbors and our family members and our coworkers and our children. The Colossians' false beliefs are still around us today. We don't need to add anything to the work that Jesus has done. The work on the cross is sufficient. You don't need to get all clean and shiny and then present yourself to Jesus. Friends, you need to know this. Christ is enough and his work is enough for you. In a garden city, we say it this way. You can belong before you believe. It's not how you present yourself to God. Paul says, we were all in the same boat, doing evil and far from God when Jesus rescued us. So today, wherever you are at, this is something we need to know. And Jesus asked a similar question of his disciples. Who do people say I am? It is a question so many people before us have asked and one that I hope you've asked yourself. Jesus is our savior and he is overall supreme in all he does. And I want to finish today with a quote from a famous writer and theologian, Abraham Kuyper. There is not one square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. This is so much more important than who you went to third grade with, because we definitely need to know this. Here's some questions for you to consider today as you read the scripture and and wrestle with it in your own mind. Number one, how do you respond to the truth that because of his work, you are, quote, reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him? Do we always feel holy and blameless? Number two, have you ever had an experience, maybe outdoors, where you could see God's creative handiwork? How did you respond? Number three, What are one or two ways your life has changed since you changed from being alienated from God to being reconciled to him through Christ's death? And number four, if Christ is supreme, even over the church, how might things look different? We love you guys. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments about today's message or would like to contact Garden City Church, reach out at info at gardencitynw.com or click contact in our show notes. Garden City services are made possible by your generosity. Your generosity is love in action. Have a great week and we'll see you next time.